Welcome back, Houston. These guys missed you over the last break. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. He's Blank. I'm Branham. Joe George, Jose Jorge, behind the glass. Before we talk about this uh, O-line for the Texans that we're worried about, worried about. Did you see this latest Bill Belichick rumor? Washington? Yeah, that... uh, Mr. Kraft is toying with the idea, open with the idea of trade. This was from Barstool, so take that for what it's worth. But rumors that Mr. Kraft is open to trading Belichick to the commanders are getting too loud to ignore. Huh? That would be awesome. I, I would love to see that because I like storylines in the NFL. I like drama. I like entertainment. I like that in all of my sports. And I, I want Belichick to continue to coach. Mm-hmm. And if Belichick goes and coaches somewhere else outside of New England, and his owner trades him to another organization? I mean, how much intrigue would there be at Washington? How much intrigue would there be to well, see what New England is like with no Bill Belichick around about, anymore? Think about it from both sides, right? To me, it's hard to imagine Belichick coaching anywhere else. Yeah. It just is. And, and you know, the legacy that he created, the dynasty that they had, the fact that he basically has total control and you're wondering, you know, what organizations that are the right fit for him as well that be that are willing to give him all this at this point in his career. It's interesting to me. But when you look at it from a Washington perspective, new ownership, Magic Johnson is the front man for the ownership. Magic Johnson's been very vocal about this isn't the way we're supposed to play. This isn't the kind of, you know, the, the players and, the, and their attitudes and their desire it needs to change. He's been very critical of the team, and they're looking for a splash. They're looking to try and reset the reshuffle the deck. Getting Bill Belichick would absolutely do that, but when you just traded away two of your best defensive players and basically didn't get what you, you the kind of collateral you used to get them, you realize it's a full-blown reset. Is that what Bill Belichick wants to sign up for? Uh, if he, yeah, I think that I don't he would think have he needs to the money, but it's not a money thing. It's a pride. It's a legacy. He wants to catch Shula. Like he, if he wants to coach as long as it takes to be the all time winningest coach in the NFL, it might take another stop for him to do that. Cause I, I do think that Robert Kraft is already having thoughts of moving on from Belichick. I think it's the reason that he all but promoted Ger- Gerard Mayo and gave him this big, huge contract extension whenever he was interviewing for other NFL jobs. I do think he is the basic, I think he's the head coach in waiting without having the title head coach in waiting. I think they have an agreement that Mayo will be the next head coach in New England. I think that Kraft is ready to move on from Belichick because Belichick can be. You know, he can be a bit much, right? He can yeah. be the guy that, like, you know, he has Can't all the attention. He's yeah. making all the decisions. That's a good word for it, too. Um, I could see where Kraft is ready to move on to the next era of New England Patriot football. I can totally see Bill Belichick wanting to catch Shula as having the most wins in NFL history. So if both things are to happen, it might take Belichick going to another team to accomplish that. And from an entertainment point of view, I want to see it. I want to see him go somewhere the else to way- do it. The same way we wanted to see Brady without Belichick yeah. and to see how he succeeded. You you know, but I, I think that if you're Belichick, especially if you're chasing wins, you want to do it. We, this is this goes back to the JV conversation we had with the Astros when he was leaving the Astros. You had to believe that if he was going to leave the Astros and and he was going to get the contract that he wanted, he also was going to make sure that it was with a team that had a chance for him to keep winning, so he could chase the 300 victories and, and chase some of the stats that he was chasing after. I think from a Belichick perspective. There are going to be other teams that probably have better rosters that are going to be looking at Bill Belichick and saying, yeah, we want you to coach here too. I wonder. I, I wonder. Now, if he's under contract and they trade him, 
Like that kind of throws they, a wrinkle into that things. That is I don't another know. rumor that's out there that the trade would be something that well, they, trade to the gonna... Commanders. And if he's under contract, I'm not sure he's going to have much say of being able to get out of the contract and not go to the Commanders. Like they might strong arm him into being forced to be the head coach of the Commanders. Because Gruden, he could retire, but if he retires, he's not getting right, to the, the to Shula's wins. So if yeah. he's not a free agent, he can't. It's the Peyton thing. Like Peyton and he doesn't have a no trade clause, right? So he can't <laughs> deny it. But at the same time, you got to believe, yeah, he, he could kinda, threaten retirement. Yeah, I mean, he kind of can. Like it, it, he, he has all. The power. He doesn't he, have all the power. I don't to think Jeremy's he, point. Yeah, if he retires, he can't coach next. Yeah, year. Right. like how long is it going to take you to get another? I'm honestly not sure. I guess we're looking at 29 more wins is what he needs. How long is it going to take? But he you also, there also has to be a team that wants to hire Belichick, and Belichick's last few years haven't been terrific. They haven't, and that's. I just. I wonder. I think there's got to be other teams out there that would be interested besides Washington. Yeah, would the know. Giants be interested, and would they be willing to move on from Dable that quick? That's I, I don't know. Let's bring him back. Good question. Parcells, he coached there yeah. with LT. I mean, they, Dable last year was was great. Yes, this he was. year, it's not been so good. Do you think it has to be an NFC team? Because the team I mentioned earlier was the Chargers. Hmm, that's interesting. I want the Raiders to hire a splashy head coach because I feel like as being Harbaugh. in Vegas, I feel like Vegas. I don't think it's splashy. I think it's incredibly boring. But I, other than name value, like Vegas should have a a coach that like sizzles. You know it's what I Dion. mean? Yeah, I could see that. Like, I don't. Deion Sanders. That's a that's definitely a name that sizzles. I don't think Deion wants a coach in the NFL. But that is definitely the name I am talking. Like but you not think about Dion everything: the persona, the marketing right. machine, the the flash, everything, the flair, everything he brings to the table screams Vegas. Yeah. Anyway, I want like a swaggy head coach with the Las Vegas Raiders. That's what Belichick's like swaggy. Should. Yeah, he's not. He'd be more he's of a just big the name. name. He's that yeah. big time bright lights name. It, it would be hilarious if Bill Belichick gets traded. What though. do you guys think he's chasing, like record wise? Because if you're looking at total wins, he's only 16 behind. Shula, if you're looking at just regular season wins, he's 29 behind because he has 31 postseason wins, so he kind of closes the gap. Like Shula has 347 total regular season and postseason. Belichick has 331. See, I don't think he has to get those numbers. He's already getting the recognition recognized by most as the greatest football, the NFL coach of all time. I think he does. I think he needs it. I think so too. I think he needs both. If you go back to like when they did the NFL. All the NFL stuff, like the great, like the hundred greatest players of all time, or whatever, on the NFL Network, and he was on it. You could tell, like, how much he just loved football, and like how much he was just a student of the game. It just feels He's like a that historian too. But I, I it think means that something to him. When you look at, it's like Brady Montana discussions in the past, right? It was well, Montana didn't lose one. Yeah, but Brady won more than anybody else. So you know, six of one, half a dozen of another, apples to apples. He's going to get his clout. He's going to get his recognition. And there's going to be a majority or a good number of people that still, no matter whether he catches Shula or not, consider him to be the greatest NFL coach of all time. But I think we're already there. Like, I, I, that's I, what I'm saying. So I don't know that he has then, to catch Shula. But then I just, if he doesn't want to catch Shula, then I don't get why he would Because he's a lifer. Because he can't get away from it. Because he loves coaching football. I think he wants to catch Shula. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I think he wants the wins. I think he wants the wins to pass Shula. I believe that there is some fire where there is smoke with that. Um, I, I do think he. I think. I think there would be some teams interested in him, but I think there'd be a lot of teams too that are like, you know, he's past his prime, past his prime, and, yeah. old guard. We don't want an old coach. And also, re, like what you've done for me lately, the Janet Jackson theory, uh, it absolutely matters. Yep. And Belichick, these last few years with a bad roster, hasn't or done great. Or take a step further, Jeremy, the fact that a lot of people still believe as great as he's been. 
over his entire career, they always say go back to the fact that he hadn't won anything without Brady. Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick between the two, I'm taking Brady. I'm taking the player. Yeah, I, I think Belichick's well, I, great. But at the same time, do you believe that he is, he, he is still a great head coach without Brady? Because that then it would be, to Joe's theory, you're going to have to yeah. have a Justin Herbert or someone in waiting so that he still can catch... You know, he, he's got the wins, and he's got the most important position on the field covered. Yeah, I think he can win. I, I believe the problem with Belichick has been that he's kind of almost been too arrogant in a lot of things. Like, oh, we don't need an offense coordinator because I'm so smart. Uh, I can handle the personnel because I'm so smart. For him to win again, I think he needs to reinvent who he is and, like, go to a spot that has a good roster, that has a general manager, and he needs to take his hands off of personnel. Which I don't think he can. And then he needs to be good again at hiring OC DC and he tried to do that this year by bringing in O'Brien like O'Brien has O'Brien's resume to no, be an OC is fine in the NFL I'm saying from a personnel yeah, maybe not. department I don't think he can and yeah, I think maybe not. you know he worked for a guy under Parcells that that was you know also a guy like that that had to have his hand in the cupboard picking the groceries mm-hmm. as well as what he did on the field yeah. and I think that that's why it's so imperative that and it's also a difficult fit because of that too because it's hard for him to give up certain things where a lot of people are saying, hey, look, you're past your prime. I don't think you can do this anymore. And the other thing is you're a defensive-minded head coach. You have to be willing to, you know, to bring in a kind of staff and give up control to where you need a more current and modern offense. I think one of the biggest slip-ups of, of his career was locking, locking, hitching his wagon lock, stock, and barrel to Mac Jones and going to get him and, and then making sure that he was the, his guy. And maybe it was a little bit of desperation knowing Brady was having success. Brady, this conversation was happening. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of had to put the pedal down a little bit and go, I got to get a guy. I got I to gotta, I gotta get right real quick. And Mac Jones wasn't the guy. Yeah. I mean, Mac, it's weird, though, because Mac was really good his as rookie a rookie. Year, he looked good. And went to the playoffs with, with Mac. And then since then, like, was he ruined by Matt Patricia and awesome. Joe Judge? I think it's very possible. He should have had a real OC in place last year uh, to at least know who Mac Jones is. But with an OC that he knows really well from Alabama that's now back in New England with him with Bill but O'Brien, he, he should have done it. Look great. He should, well, he should have done it last year. Because, yeah. like, how much regression did Mac Jones have while he was being groomed by Joe Judge and Matt Patricia? Like, if he has a real quarterback coach in his sophomore season, it might look yeah, the Matt Patricia drastically different. Just- Ludicrous. Yeah, and I think that's Bill Belichick's ego getting in his own way. Like, well, I am so smart, I can think outside the box and turn out to be, you know, a really good decision when it when it really wasn't. Uh, this Texans offensive line, I'm worried about it, Blankers. I, I'm even going to go as far to say that this is a team that I called playoff caliber. I'm not sure that this offensive line is good enough the rest of the way to support a playoff caliber offense. Michael Dieter is going to be your starting center. Michael Dieter starting on your football team, I have huge concerns and huge question marks. I think the passing game will be fine. Um, But the run blocking and what you have in the middle, you have Titus Howard as your left guard. You have Dieter as your center. Shaq Mason I like. That doesn't really give me a lot of confidence that the Texans are going to be able to figure out how to run the football. No, you're right. You know, it's, it's because of the fact that you have been playing behind the eight ball all season long with the injuries on the offensive line. You've had to make a choice, and, and, and realistically, the right choice was made right from the jump of no. Uh, at, at under no circumstances are you not going to protect this quarterback and, and make sure that C.J. Stroud is kept upright and kept as far from danger as possible, even if it means the run game is going to suffer. 
But we know that moving Howard inside to the left side isn't the answer. And, 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 and again, that's one of the reasons why the run game has struggled. But do you, you know, no matter what you do, the injuries you can't predict. And you just have to do what you need to do to put a Band-Aid on them. But it seems like every week they're having to, to find a different style Band-Aid to try and fix or stop the stopgap, what continues to steamroll against them. I, I just... At what point do you see Howard back at right tackle, yeah. Tunsil at left tackle? When are we going to see Juice Scruggs? I, I, you know what? There's a lot of questions, and week to week they don't change. It's just the names change on the offensive line. I think Juice Scruggs is the only thing that could bring this offensive line back to continuity. Maybe continuity. Maybe just like a standard of you can win football games with it. Because I look, you have Michael Dieter as your starting center, and you're playing Titus Howard out of position at left guard. It might be the best answer. Like, I don't know how that team's going to win a ton of football games. I would like to see Titus back at right tackle. Um, now, well, fans, I mean, fans just so much more of an upgrade over, well, Dieter, but now Dieter's your starting center. Josh Jones, I don't think, is 100% mm-hmm. yet. Like, he still has his hand taped up, even though he's been active. Like, this offensive line's in shambles. They've but done what about really the combo good. Platter? So, you, you, keep, you keep doing what you're doing, which has kept CJ upright. Yeah. But now you change the offensive philosophy instead of being so predictable and forcing the run so much yeah. that you throw more, which you've been proven to be able to do. If you're going to do that, they should move Titus back to right tackle. I agree. But I think that regardless of whether you move t- Titus or not, by doing that and changing the offensive play calling a bit, you can still be competitive to win football games. I think you can be competitive and win football games if you do that. Yeah. Now, the running, like if they continue, and maybe it's a two-pronged thing. Maybe it's just an offensive line that I don't like because I don't love Michael Dieter starting in it. No one does. Now, some of, the, some of the run stuff that they do, like it is team philosophy, like pulling guards, stuff like that. Like you have a guard right now that can't do that. Like mm-hmm. maybe throw that one out of the playbook until you have a guard that you're comfortable you being to be able to smarter, do that. Right? Yeah. yeah you, just, you, you are who you are, and, and you're, you play who you're playing. But in, the, in doing so, you realize like you're not going to take – uh, a guy that's a a low post center and try and play a running game in, in the NBA. You know, you're not going to take a guy that can't pull and run a whole bunch plays where you're going to get blown up or the play's never going to work. I really don't see how Titus Howard moves back to right tackle this year, though. I really don't. I, I think because of the extent of what the injuries look like. Right. And as much as I hated it, but thought, oh, short term for a game or two, you can do this. Mm-hmm. It is scary to think that he might finish the season. There. I thought they would flip it after the bye. If, and I also thought Josh Jones was healthy. I also thought I'd see Juice Scruggs by now. But even if you do, like, say Juice Scruggs comes back next week. Like, where is he playing? He's playing center. And then where's Dieter playing? Unless, because if you, if Dieter's not your starting left guard, then you're keeping Titus Howard at left guard. So because of the Jarrett Patterson injury, Juice Scruggs coming back now doesn't necessarily mean that Titus Howard's moving back to right tackle because of the Jarrett Patterson injury. Yeah. If if Jarrett Patterson was still healthy, Juice Scruggs comes back next week, and I have no idea what his status is. I'm not at all saying he's coming back next week. But whenever you got him back, if Patterson was healthy, okay, well you got your center, you got your left guard, you can move Titus Howard back to right tackle. But now if huge if Juice Scruggs. Comes comes back, you want Dieter in your starting lineup? You really don't. That was the you question. That's why Titus Howard's playing left yeah, guard, because no, you know. didn't want Dieter in there. I know. And Fant is a better option to at least be serviceable on an offensive yeah. line, which is why you keep Howard at, le- at left guard. But you don't want to, and I don't want to. But I just don't know right now that there is an answer, and I don't think they're going to be out there trying to bring someone in off the street that's going to come in and be an answer that could be a serviceable offensive no. lineman for this team. So it is what it is, and, and it's going to be this way probably for the foreseeable future. And I don't know if winning's sustainable with that I type think, of offensive I, I think line. if you're a pass-happy offense or a more pass-heavy uh, uh, offense, I think that it can be 
sustainable. I don't know if that means that you can be win as many football games as you would otherwise and, and be as successful, but I think it's sustainable for doing what you need to do because under, under no circumstances do you need to put C.J. Stroud in harm's way. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's an issue. It's been an issue all year. It's been hanging by a thread. I'm hoping that this injury to Jared Patterson isn't the final thread. 713-780-ESPN-HRMP. Listener line 713-780-3776. What should the sense of urgency be with an Astros managerial hire? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Before we go to the break, tell you about my good friend Doc Linville. Doc Linville does a lot, guys. He does a lot, and you always hear us talking about the fact that he does the neograft procedure. Look, the holidays are coming, too. He also does Botox and plastic surgery and a bunch of other things that can be the gift that keeps on giving. So you can look at him and his office and find out about all that, too. But the thing that we love to tell you about here at 97.5 is the fact that the neograft procedure is a game changer. It's a game changer because it changes your overall appearance. It changes your self-confidence. It gives you more hair, and that's something that you didn't think could be there at this stage in your life with the amount of hair that you might have already lost or the pattern baldness and the thinning that you've experienced. The sprays and the creams and the foams, let's just all admit it, they don't work. They're just masking the problem. The Neograft procedure actually takes your own hair because genetically you're never going to lose it on the sides and the back of your head and moves it to where you need it most. Maybe it's up front on your hairline. Maybe it's up on top and back. But the bottom line is you're going to see those follicles instantly be in the right place to do the right thing to get you more coverage and more confidence. And as those hairs settle in and they get stronger and longer, and because you're taking from a place where they'll never go away, they're never going to go away. They're just going to not go away in a better spot for you. You're going to continue to see the results, and you're going to continue to be happier and happier. You'll see the full results in about six to nine months, but when you do, you will be ecstatic with the fact that your hair is back and you look better than ever. It's fantastic. I, I encourage you all go to go to 975hair.com and see if the Neograph procedure is right for you, too, because you get a free consultation right there at 975hair.com with Linville and his staff that you don't have to pay a single thing for. It normally costs 150 bucks. There's no obligation, no signing on the dotted line, no commitment later on down the road. You just go in, ask questions, get answers, and see if the procedure is right for you, too. Check it out. Go in there, get the questions answered, and figure it out and see if you might be the next to benefit from the Neograph. I did it. I love it. I can't be happier with the job that they did doing it. I think he's the best in the business, and you could get that same kind of service. Here's Joel and Jeremy. 7132, hey, Branham and Blank. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are not the easy there, are not the goats of all time of quarterbacking and head coaching. You two seem to forget Spygate on other NFL teams and Deflategate breaking the rules of underflated balls. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are the greatest frauds of all time. Football emoji, football emoji. One more thing, Branham and Blank. The you tuck better rule. be a Rangers fan. No such rule in the NFL. The play was a fumble when Charles Woodson dislodged the football from Tom Brady's grasp. I don't disagree that it was a fumble. Like I stated in my previous text, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are the greatest frauds that the NFL ever produced. Same two football emojis. I understand as a Patriots hater that you have those opinions. I think the opinions of everybody else that watches football, played the game, coached the game, and covered the game would disagree with you. There are going to be a minority. There's always going to be people that are going to bring up those things. I think just like we were talking about, certain things are going to trump all the other things that you just brought up. And the fact that they won as many Super Bowls as they did together, and they did it in a, in a window of time in which it was a dominant and consistent run, 
that they're both going to get their flowers and they're both going to be considered, if not one of the greatest at what they did of all time. Yeah, I, the Brady Brady to me is the greatest quarterback resume of all time, no and Belichick's the greatest head coaching resume of all time. I don't think you can be an Astros fan and have that take. Okay. He might not be. You cannot say what that guy just oh, said about the, the Patriots. Guy, yeah, 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 right. And then act like 17 is all like fine and dandy. Cash it or trash it. Less teams were deflating footballs than stealing signs in baseball. Cash. Oh, for sure. There you go. So I think the Spygate would be more of the correlation. Yeah, Spygate's I mean, pretty bad. Because we know that at least one other team in the NFL got in trouble for Spygate with the Broncos. One other team? They did? Yeah, Josh McDaniels. He got in trouble oh, with Spygate. Oh, the Broncos. That's right. That's right. So like, if like those two are doing it, like it just feels like there's others. That, that was the only time well. Josh McDaniels was winning football games Six in the NFL. He was 6-0. and So Josh McDaniels was 6-0 and whenever he got when, busted, when right? When they got busted. And this was like the famous Brandon Marshall, what's that podcast called? I can't remember the podcast called, but it's Brandon Marshall, and they're yeah. like, yeah, we were, we were winning games. We were dominating Super Bowl contenders, and then we found out we're cheating, and we can't win. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty. So he was. McDaniels had Tebow, right? Yeah, he yeah. drafted Tebow yeah. the first. He traded Jay Cutler for Tim Tebow. So here's Josh McDaniels' record, because he started 6 and 0. Yeah. He started 6 and 0. They ended up going 8 and 8, and his cur- he went 8 and 8 in his first year, 3 and 9, got fired in the middle of the year, then went to Vegas. Six and eleven year one, three and five got fired. So McDaniel's career records twenty and thirty three. He was six and zero oh in his first six games because he was cheating his butt off. He is all time when he's not cheating. When he's not cheating, he's fourteen and thirty three all time. Pretty bad. He's one of the worst head coaches Terrible. we've seen in the last twenty years. He got fired. Didn't he get fired from the Rams too as their OC? I don't know. I thought he did. And then he went back to the Patriots after that. He was there. He was the Rams OC in 2011. Yeah, I think he only lasted a season and got canned. Like oh. he's really only had success with Brady. It doesn't say anything about his. Okay, he was he was the OC under Steve Spagnolo. Oh, so they probably all got fired. Yeah, so I bet you it was the staff got fired because they probably brought. It was too early for McVay. Spags though. is another guy that yeah. was a horrendous head coach. That's a really good defensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of those guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I, more, I think more people are good coordinators and bad coaches than vice versa. Uh, yeah, I think there's a, is I think McDaniel's brother's still on the Texan staff. He is. He is. And Josh McDaniel's and Nick Casario are best friends. Ugh. I know it makes me kind of gross about Casario that he's best friends with this weasel who's 14 and 33 when he's not cheating. It's terrible. It, I mean, could you imagine if Bobby Sloak got a head coaching job? This offseason, and the move was to bring in Josh McDaniels. I don't. D'Amico wouldn't allow that. I hope not. There's no way that D'Amico Ryan's will ever hire an offensive coordinator that does not have San Francisco. Ties, I agree with that. In my opinion, Unless especially that's where the, the loudest voice in the room comes in. Now, I think you have San Francisco ties, though, if it's internal. I think Nick would want you to consider it. Well, I think I think a year under Slowick, I think he would morph into that. But I think Nick is going to. I think this is where the loudest voice in the room becomes D'Amico, and he has to. He has to. No, I don't think that Casario would consider it. I think he would. Casario never interviewed McDaniel's in two different job openings. That's a good point. Three. He never interviewed for any of them, did he? Cully. Well, he was already. He was already. He was already employed for D'Amico's. Oh yeah. Duh. So he was already employed for D'Amico's. So he didn't. Was that not a didn't... product though at the time of of after how he was hired here, and and also because everybody said Patriot South, Patriot South, maybe. Maybe, but is that all of a sudden going to disappear? Maybe. Yeah, I don't think he would interview him. I don't think he, I don't think I he'd, think be he'd recommend it. I think D'Amico should and would shoot it down. Maybe. I don't even know if he recommends him, though, because he's never interviewed him for two separate head coaching jobs, but he was interviewing Josh McCown. 
like I don't know if that's a working relationship that they want to have. I don't know. I think there's just I, I a lot so. of baggage that goes with the Patriots part of all of that, the connection between the two of them. I, I, I thought for a while, and I still kind of believe this, that Casario leaving, that there was an under-the-table gentleman agreement with Belichick that he would never hire a New England coach, mm-hmm. like while they were employed with New England. Because mm-hmm. we always thought that when Casario was hired that he was going to interview McDaniels. We thought he would interview – we thought he'd interview Mayo. He never did. He never interviewed a single right. Patriot coach while they were with the Patriots. The only only guy he ever brought in with Patriot ties was Brian Flores. But he was already gone. He was the Miami Dolphin head coach, got fired. That was the only New England Patriot guy that he interviewed. He was long gone Bill from Daryl New England. did that with, bas- in a lot, with basketball. What did he do? Daryl would make sure that if someone from his staff got another gig, yeah. that they couldn't take and, and poach guys off of the, the, the current staff that Daryl put together, at least over a certain amount of time. Yeah, I mean, I can understand why you'd want to do that, sure. especially Continuity if somebody and everything else. Now, I wouldn't. I would call the bluff and be like, "Screw you! I'm going to hire who I want to hire." But I can understand Maury being like, "Hey, you don't hire my guy." Like, yeah. I, I get both sides of it, but I do think there was an under the table agreement with Belichick and Casario when he left. I, I, I would. Of, I won't hire a single guy on your that. staff no because sense. he hired Josh McDaniels' brother. Like, but he never interviewed McDaniels when he hired Cully and he hired Lovey. He never interviewed Mayo when he thought he was going to interview Mayo when he hired Cully and Lovey. And the only Patriot guy he ever, ever interviewed was Flores. Now, if Slowick ever leaves, the like, I am, like, maybe we're putting the cart in front of the horse here. I, I think he's always going to want the San Francisco offense. He's going to be like LaFleur's little brother. Yeah, I could see a LaFleur. I could see maybe one of these retreads. I think Gerard Johnson, if he's here for multiple years, I think, he's got, it's got, I think he would yeah, be an OC I think candidate. he's got to get more than one year I do too. before you consider him. I, I think at minimum, minimum two. Yeah. Minimum two. And I think Gerard's brilliant. I think he's going to be a great coach, head coach someday. I I, need, I want to see two years yeah, with Gerard under sure. the Slowick system. Because I love the Slowick system. Uh, or the San Francisco system, I should say. Slowick, I have a love-hate. Uh, but but got, San Francisco I mean, system, it, I love. Proven, right? and the other, it's got success on it. It, it absolutely does. But the other caveat to this, too, is I don't love the idea of changing systems and schemes for a young quarterback. I think to optimize C.J. Stroud long-term, okay, this is the scheme that you learned. This is the scheme that you look really good doing. Let's bring in another offensive coordinator who's going to do a lot of the same you stuff. You have to because yep. you think about it. Look, at the latest case of it was probably Sam Darnold, where Sam Darnold constantly – was learning a system only to have a whole new system and playbook to learn the very next year. And his head coach and his OC were like a revolving door, and he could never get comfortable. And it goes back to the Brady theory of saying it really takes you like six, seven months to really get a firm grasp on a new playbook when you go to a new team or you start with a new coaching staff that brings in a new playbook. And you think about every single time, if you have to press the reset button or as good as CJ's been, if you drop a new playbook in his lap in the offseason and say, hey, this is what we're going to do next year instead, you can't expect that he's going to be just, you know, hit the ground running and pick up where he left off and keep going because it's going to be challenging. 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. All right, let's get to the uh, the Astros manager conversation. What should the sense of urgency be with a managerial hire? And what is that timeline that GM Dana Brown is telling us? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. I love me some gentle Ben. It is so good. I like a good drink every day. Vodka, gin, bourbon, all in that rotation for me. 
And Gentleman Spirits does it better than anybody else. How? Well, they're revolutionary Perseido technology that eliminates impurities for the cleanest, smoothest spirits you'll ever taste. Purification of Gentle Ben is unrivaled. You'll love what's not in it, uh, including gluten. Gentle Ben isn't going to brag about that one, though. All spirits are naturally gluten-free. Try a sip of Gentle Ben vodka, gin, straight bourbon, or cast strength bourbon. Compare it to what you drink, and you'll never go back. I've been a Gentle Ben man ever since I had that first sip. You get all the flavor with none of the burn. It is smooth. It is clean. It eliminates the burn. Enjoy your drink. Don't work through your drink. You can find Gentle Ben at Ben's Bar inside the Toyota Center if you're going to a Rockets game. Look for Gentle Ben at the liquor store on your way home today. Ask for it at your favorite restaurant or bar. Head to the Gentle Ben Tasting Room or just head to GentleBen.com where you can order the vodka, the gin, the straight bourbon, with all of it. You can order all Gentle Ben Spirits straight from the website at GentleBen.com. Take advantage of that. Gentle Ben Spirits makes the perfect holiday gift for friends, family, and your best customers, too. We know they'll love what's not in our spirits as well. Celebrate with Gentle Ben this holiday season. Gentle Ben, the gift they'll open. Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy. Carwreck.com, our car wreck of the day, coming up a little bit later. So uh, get the get your nominations in. Send it by carwrecktexas.com. Car wreck of the day. Start sending in your nominations now. We'll do that at 545. Um, Deshaun Watson doesn't know if he's going to play football on Sunday. Threw the football around, doesn't know if he's going to play football on Sunday. Hmm. A little soft. There is a football game later tonight, though, and I cannot wait for it. Your boy. Will Levis and the Tennessee Titans. Against Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I do think the Steelers are going to have a much better game plan for Levis than the Falcons did. Levis did a whole lot of dink, dunk, throw it deep, a lot of Derrick Henry. I think the Steelers will be a little bit more prepared for what Levis' strengths are, weaknesses are. The fan base the Falcons. will be more prepared not to give up their terrible tiles and let the Jags fans bully them. Yeah, that was weird. I, I bet the Steelers tonight. I'm on the, yeah, I'm on the Steelers tonight. You have Levis going on the road. I think it's three. Uh, Steelers minus three or something like that. Might be a little bit under three. But... You have Levis going on the road. You have a week of knowing who the guy is going to be. Where tape Atlanta on. didn't really, yeah, they have some tape on. I, I have the Steelers tonight. I think the Steelers are going to win this one. Uh, Four hundred nine, true home field advantage too. Yeah, their fans will come. Yeah. ready. And I think it's a tough environment for a, a, a young quarterback. Sure. Thursday nighter on the road, short week. Steelers haven't been great defensively, but I think they're going to have a better scheme than Atlanta did. A uh, four hundred nine, Josh. Until CJ is gone, every OC should be running the CJ scheme. I would agree, mm-hmm. but he's kind of learned the San Francisco way as his scheme. Um, well, isn't that this? Isn't the CJ scheme the playbook that he's currently running? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say that it is one five four nine. All right, Astros timeline, managerial timeline. Uh, Dana Brown had this to say about the timeline of what they're going to do. Blah 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 blah. Um, I told this to McTaggart. A few local media members were privy to this. Astros GM Dana Brown said there's no time frame to find a manager, adding they're not going to rush this. He said the club is gathering names and casting a net. Brown said his phone has been blowing up. Uh, what do you think of that quote from Dana Brown? Not going to rush this. No time frame. They're still casting a net. They're still pulling a bunch of names, have not interviewed anybody, and have not set an interview with anybody either. I don't think you have to do it tomorrow. But I do think you have to do your due diligence and and still be somewhat, I don't want to say hasty, but I think that you have to be pretty quick in terms of doing what you do, what you're going to do because of the fact that, yeah, I think it's the most attractive job that's out there. But I think that, you know, you don't want to miss out on candidates because they don't want to wait around and you're slow, you know, slow foot in the, the process 
and other teams are you know are fast tracking trying to find a guy. And so you've got Cleveland, you've got the Mets, who's got a boatload of money as well, and, and, and you've got some teams that are competitive teams that are going to be looking at the same kind of managers that you're looking at. The only way that this makes sense is that you know all along that you're staying in-house. Because otherwise, if you're going outside to find a guy, I don't think that you can take your own sweet time. I think you do have to have somewhat of a of a rapid timeline. Mm-hmm. 6545 says they'll, they'll hire a manager before winter meetings. They have the GM meetings next week, and then they have the winter meetings like sometime in December. I want to say it's, it's first December, week yeah. of December. But they have GM meetings next week. And Danny said they might even have some interviews lined up for next week. Uh, I'm with you. In the fact that, like, I want to start talking to some of these candidates because whoever you have is, I mean, you might not even know this yet, but whoever eventually lands as your number one candidate, you don't want to be late to the party. Right. Like, whether it's Craig Council, whether it's Jeff Bannister, whether it's Joe Espada, whoever you zero in on as your top candidate, you don't want to be like, well, we're hiring in two weeks and then the Mets beat you to a, a Craig Council or whatever opening is out there beats you to a, a Jeff Bannister. So I'm cool with, like, doing it right, letting it marinate, take your time, but you don't want to miss out on whoever your For top sure. target is because you're late to the party. Yeah. So I'm cool with taking your time, but don't just take your sweet time. No, you can't, right? Because you, the thing is, the Espada part of this, you don't have to really interview him. You already know him really, really well. But if there are some of these guys that you don't have a personal relationship with, but you just know that their results speak for themselves and they've had success, you, you have to know what you don't know. You have to sit down and talk to them philosophically about some of the things that you've had to deal with, like Dusty versus a more modern-day analytical manager, and figure out like the thought process and the lineups and the things that are going to be very, very prevalent in this organization. And honestly, that where the waters were kind of mucky in the last couple of years because we knew Dusty was hell-bent. It's my lineup, and that's it, no change, uh, to the fact that you need a balance with the analytics and the eye test. And you're going to need somebody that's on the same page with working with you and communicate throughout the process where you can get to a, a happy medium point where I don't think they really did that with Dusty. Yeah. I wonder how much Crane likes the conflict, though, between manager and GM. Maybe, he enjoys it? Because not, not, necessarily, different- not necessarily enjoys it from like the sense of it causing controversy or drama. But ways of looking at it. Yeah, I think he likes two different vantage points. I think he likes two different views. I, I think that he thinks that Healthy disagreement brings okay. out the best in it. You're right. I could see that, right? Because you take a guy that's more eye test driven and experience driven and take a guy that's more analytically focused. But then the, at the same time, now you got to interview guys so that you know that their communication is on a level to where they're not going to be upset if you don't go their way every time. Mm-hmm. And you can have a good dialogue with Dana and whoever the manager is so that they can work their way through. Maybe I see it your way one time, you see it my way another. However you figure it out so that you're not mad if I don't take your your approach every time and you can be open to the idea of, hey, I really don't agree with this, but I also see that we got a guy that analytically looks like he might be a better fit. Who do you think has more say in this? Crane, Brown, Bagwell? Crane. <laughs> I think it's Crane, too. I think Bagwell has his ear, but Crane ultimately makes the decisions. 4-6-3-6, if Osmus gets hired, uh, doesn't that tell you that Bagwell's de facto GM? Yeah. It does. Yeah, it does. I, you know, I talked about this the other day. I, I said, like, that is the biggest fear factor in this entire process, is that if Brad Osmus is hired, I said, and it's actually a detriment to Brad Osmus, because I do think that Brad Osmus is a good baseball mind, and I think he is a good mix of analytics and experience and eye test. 
But I think that because of the label of being Jeff Bagwell's dear close friend yeah. and because of the controversy Bagwell's name has stirred up because of mm-hmm. what happened last offseason, that that might be the biggest detriment to Brad Osmus being a legit candidate. I think what it signals is worse than Osmus is the candidate. Yeah. Uh, but, but Osmus is the candidate has some red flags for me, too. Like It doesn't seem like clubhouses have loved him. I've heard he's kind of robotic and like doesn't have a lot of... Like personality, which I think you need in the clubhouse. I think that's what Dusty was great at. Uh, 713-780-3776. I think that it's like, in a, in a different way, the same mm-hmm. thing that you just said is also Gabe Kapler, right? I, I think that Gabe Kapler, different than Brad Osmus, yeah. he also was very volatile in the locker room because he was too much of a dictator. And you might have been able to end after, you might have been able to leave the tater off of what you just said. Okay. I've heard yep. Gabe Kapler yep. referred in yep. those terms, yep. <laughs> like those exact terms. 8089, thoughts on Doug Mattingly as manager. I don't know a whole lot about Mattingly's tendencies as a manager, but that's not one that would necessarily intrigue me. Look, he has the name cachet. So he ha- it, w- it would be to where it would be somewhat splashy or a sexy name in the process. You know he, he knows the game of baseball. I think what he did in Miami – he did a very, very good job, and he's obviously still coaching, and he was the bench coach in Toronto this last year. Uh, he was in, in with the Dodgers as well. I think that from a baseball perspective, you're getting a, a really solid baseball mind, but he's an old-school guy, and he's an older guy, and you just went through all that, and they said they wanted they were probably looking to get younger in the managerial position as well as more analytically driven. I don't think that's a fit with Don Mattingly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know Mattingly's tendencies. Maybe he's like super open to the analytics. I, it didn't strike me as one that would be. He was but basically maybe, handpicked by Jeter. Yeah, which I mean, I mean that, that Marlins though were pretty analytic driven. I think they they wanted to be more. I think it was part of the reason why he got out as soon as Jeter got out because I think that they wanted to be more analytic, analytical. And I don't know that either one of those guys were big on the analytics train. Who was telling Jeter that though? The owner, because Jeter was the boss. I, what's her name? Ang? Yeah, she was, she under was hired Jeter. by Jeter, yeah. but you know that she was more analytical. Yeah, but I don't know if Jeter leaves because of... No, he like, left because he got a raw deal because they weren't on, on the same page as him in terms of the overall plan yeah. with, with the roster. One five four nine. the Ashes have the best job opening. They should take their time. They should be able to get whoever they want. Mets are going to spend big money, though. Don't forget about that. Yeah, who's going to wait around? What if that, they don't I mean, get it? Yeah, right? they're in jeopardy. Like, yeah. you're going to take an offer that's on the table versus wait for one that's not. They burn the hand, right? Uh, do we know that Joe Espada wants the job? Is there any reason the Astros wouldn't give him the job? I imagine that if you stick around as the bench coach for the Astros forever, that you'd be cool taking the job for the Astros. So I would say yes. Uh, is there any reason the Astros wouldn't give him the job? Yeah, maybe they don't think he's managerial material. Maybe and there's they the don't... question of why, you know, why, why, wasn't he, why didn't he get offered one of these jobs that he has been a finalist for in the past couple of years? There's a lot of good managers, though, that, that don't there get is, a job but, for a while and then do. And I've said this before. Look, there, maybe there is a handshake deal under the table that they kept him around, and that's why he didn't get one of the jobs previously, because they wanted him to be the heir apparent to Dusty so that it wasn't going to be public knowledge. And maybe that's the good side of it. The bad side of it is... Maybe there's something that we don't know that insiders in baseball know that is not letting, lending a team the commitment necessary to say, I want you to be my next head coach. Yeah, it could be either one. Yeah. We, we really don't know. 713-780-3776. Let's go out to the HRMP listener line. Keith, you're in the hive with the bees. What's up, Keith? Hey, guys. Completely agree. Um, you know, the Astros' job is going to be you know highly sought after. But I think, I think with this team and this buildup and this, you know, golden era you guys always talk about, you got to go veteran manager again. And I think you got to look at, you know, some guys, you know, 
retired recently or out of a job right now, you know, names that come to mind, what do you guys think? You know, Joe Madden, Mike Socha, recently retired Tito Francona, you know, maybe even a Buck Showalter. Uh, love the show. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't say Sparky Anderson and Tommy Lasorda and Billy Martin. Keith loves the. Re- Keith I, just loves. That. I don't. I don't know if Keith is serious or if it's just a bit. I hope for Keith's sake it's a bit, but or, I'm not completely sure if he's serious. There's. I'm not compl- like he mentioned some names that are somewhat like legit. Like Joe Walter still wants to manage. He's Joe serious. Sure. Does he want he to manage? Probably. Mad Dog every day. Who does? Keith. Who does Mad Dog likes one of those guys? No, or? Mad Dog's just every old school name on the planet yeah. for every sport at every time. Yeah, Keith loves the old guys. He was the one that was saying that they should hire, uh, the Texans should sign uh, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham. He loves the uh, the old I think veterans. Keith still thinks that Bob Cousy might be a late add to the Rockets roster later this year. Might be. Red Arbach, what's he up to? Yeah, uh, well, I know what he's not up to. 8089, got to have someone in place by winter meetings. I, I would agree with that. I think there needs to be somebody in place by mid December. I think because the, the latest. Astros, they're not going to be. Uh, I'll bet that. Think I think so? I, I bet that they have somebody in place by December fifteenth. Okay. You want to bet that? No, I don't want to bet that. Well, you said you'd bet it. No, I said you. You said you turned it into a bet and said you'd no, bet that. You said I. I think you I, said, I said I, I bet they don't. Okay, I used the. Okay. But we we like to make some lunch bets. I was wondering if that was one that you would lunch bet me. You don't want to lunch bet that one's fine if you don't. I, I owe you guys lunch. Do you? Yeah. For what? The uh, playoff predictor. Yeah, that we did for the what for do we have baseball? Blankers? I don't know what you guys want tomorrow. What do we want tomorrow, Blankers? Mm. What do you want? I don't know. I, we'll think about well, it. You had Chinese, so we're not going that route. Uh, it wasn't really Chinese. Oh. It was fried rice from a well, that's Chinese, isn't it? little place I get gado from. Yeah. All right, Car Wreck of the Day presented by CarWreckTexas.com. What are you nominating for our Car Wreck of the Day presented by CarWreckTexas.com? Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. I've been back in the gym. Uh, Alex on the Twitch was calling me Buff Branham. I appreciate you noticing, uh, Alex. I, I really do. Iron 24 Fitness and Recovery is helping me out. I'm pumped up for this as I pump my iron. Uh, I haven't been one that has always prioritized Branham Bod until recently thanks to Iron 24 Fitness and Recovery. Uh, It's a new kind of gym that's perfect for me. I think you would love it as well. 24-7 access, which is perfect for our busy schedules. You know, your schedule's busy, my schedule's busy. It's tough for us to find time for a lift. Well, if you have 24-7 access, you have more options at least. I don't like contracts. You don't either. I don't like hidden fees. Who does? I don't like dealing with people. I don't want a gym tour. I don't want a sales call. And I don't have to worry about any of that thanks to Iron 24 Fitness and Recovery. Every Iron 24 facility has everything you need to, free weights, machines to get those heavy lifts in, any cardio you need. It's perfect. Tons of space, everything you need to get a good workout in without people bothering you or any of that other weird stuff you get at gyms. Iron 24 is the best. Also, for your post-workout signature recovery rooms with infrared saunas, you'll love that. Iron 24 Fitness and Recovery with four locations around Houston. couple in Pearland, one in Lake Jackson. I belong to the one in Conroe. Magnolia and Sugarland are enrolling now, too, so they'll be open before you know it. Make sure you get that early enrollment in. Another great perk is that members get universal 24-7 access to any location, so it doesn't really matter which one you go to, just that you can go to any of them around Houston. For a limited time, participating Iron 24 locations are offering new member ESPN listeners two weeks free with zero down when they join with the Iron24 app. Go to iron24.com slash ESPN. That's iron24.com slash ESPN. Get started today with Iron24. Uh-huh. You all right? My leg is broken. The oh, ball's coming see. through. Let me see. Let me see. Ah! Oh, 
fucking bone, you prick! Where's my fucking money? This is the Car Wreck of the Day, brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. All right, what are your nominations for our Car Wreck of the Day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com? What are you uh, What are you nominating, Blinkers? Nothing comes to mind today. I uh, I want to nominate, Joe, do we have the audio for this? I want to nominate Bob Knight's Critics. Bob Knight passing yesterday, mm-hmm. legendary career, and as we remember, Bob Knight, once upon a time, had this message to his critics. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my There you go. That day has come. So it's time for the critics to do a little kissing, a little puckering up. So car wreck of the day, all the critics to Bob Knight who have some some kissing to do. I was curious when they started, because you knew it was bound to determine to happen that you were going to have all these different people that were of celebrity status or successful status in the game of basketball and otherwise giving their thoughts. How many people would rec- would remember some of the missteps of Robert Montgomery Knight as well? I'm sure a lot. Because there were some, if you remember the interview with Connie Chung and the bench actually, I think they did, if they found the audio or not, but Granado actually was reading some of the excerpts from it. He had some missteps that in today's game would have got him canceled pretty quick. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, not time. just the chair throwing or the you know the, the the player all the stuff with the players. I mean, he just he spoke his mind and he didn't care about any of the lines that he crossed in doing so. No, he was uh, an icon there in Indiana too. Uh, King of Twitch car wreck of the day. Total Arlington's weak attempt at talking mess. Total Arlington's been in the Twitch today trying to talk trash. I wonder he's, why he's not very good at talking the trash either. No, no, he's, he's not very good. Kind of soft, not great. Maybe it's the. Uh, Maybe it's the yeah, the hangover after celebrating the championship last night. Maybe, maybe it's the not used to the winning thing. Maybe, maybe it's that. that. Maybe it's that. I asked him if he was going to go to Arlington for the parade. He didn't comment. Uh, Total Arlington nominates the Arizona bullpen. It's the car wreck of the day. It's a pretty good car wreck. Yeah, Alec Thomas's fielding was also not beneficial. Yeah, but I saw the, the bullpen did after that give up another bomb to Simeon. What happened? He screwed up. I didn't just watch a, a second a, of that game. A I didn't watch a pitch routine, of that game. Routine. Uh, base it up the middle, and it's still a. I think at that point it's a one run or a two run. It's one nothing or two nothing, and he comes charging in at the last minute. He moves his glove, and the ball goes right past him, rolls Ooh. all the way to the wall, and three more runs scored. Now nice. you go. This one's over. Not great. No, Tony twenty two. Great to have you back, J Dog. Awesome show, Pac Man, and Optimistic Joe as well. Keep it going, guys. That's not really a car wreck. Optimistic Joe. Optimistic Joe. Okay. You don't think that Joe's optimistic? Not all the time. I'm pretty optimistic. Sometimes overly optimistic. Brian's Brian behind is shaking, you, his, shaking head his head. No, you, I don't know what he's talking about. Time. I don't even need to look at him. I would say that he's more optimistic than pessimistic. Well, that would be you. I don't think he's a pessimistic person. Not at all. I don't think so. Okay. People, Michael Connor doesn't like our our take that the Astros will win another title with Altuve. Why doesn't he like that take? Because I said it doesn't matter who the manager is. Because it clearly doesn't matter. If we all said that before, we knew who the manager was. Michael Connor doesn't like yeah, paying attention matters. to the signs on bathroom doors every day. No, I'd like to nominate Michael Connor since I was not here yesterday yeah. for walking into the wrong bathroom. How did that work. happen? He was texting or reading an article of some kind. He wasn't paying attention. 
He walked right into the ladies' room. Yeah, but that, that's kind of a sense of direction thing. Like, you know you have to pass the door on your right to get to the second door, which is the gentleman's okay. bathroom. So. Like, that's, ah, he that's says, a bad mistake. He says that he came out of the door over by Todd's office. Okay, sense okay. of direction, first door on your left. So he he passed the no. first bathroom. No. That's weak. That's and went weak. to the next one. Totally weak. Yeah, that's weak. Plus, he's lucky it ended the way it did. I know what Chris Broussard would say about him. Yeah. Good point. Uh, That's mean. I didn't say it. Chris it could Broussard have ended a lot more, a lot worse for him than it did. Because <laughs> if he walks in and there's someone in there, have true. you ever? Uh, yeah, in the in the females' bathroom? No. I, I've done it once at a gas station when the men's bathroom was out of order. Well, that's a yeah. It's kind of a no. Like that's an exception to the rule. I now still felt the, a little dirty doing it. I got to admit, I yeah, still feel yeah, a little I mean, dirty. On the flip side, it. again, we'll go, but we'll take it full circle back to the single club to, and, and going out days. There's been plenty of female that's used the men's west well, restroom. That's, that's because the lines to too skip long. the line, right? It's also a little difficult for half of the men's bathroom. No, it's not. How do you know? Because I've, I've seen I've, that I've witnessed before it as well. And I've, yes. What are you guys into? Uh, Rangers, Diamondbacks, popular. failing to do numbers. Yeah, they're awful. Car wreck of the day. What is it, under 10 million views, Joe? Yep, it's pretty bad. The World Series happens in the fall when no one's around to watch it. Did you Astros really win sell. the title? Astros sell. Like them or hate them, you're watching them. Astros sell. Right. The Astros always sell. Now, what about the, because you guys were out yesterday too, Beard shows up for Halloween in tights. And then goes out in the cold weather, and now he's missed two days in a row. That's a good car wreck. I like that car wreck. I don't know if he got the flu from I going like out in tights, though. How is he not working, First of all, he shouldn't have gone out in tights, period. Oh, I don't want working? him here. Do you want him here? Yeah, I want him to work through a little injury. This is our I first also, time. if you're out, then he's, you're he needs out. To be a gamer. He's out and let Joe cook. Instead, he's in the Twitch the entire time commenting. He was in Twitch on a PTO? Yes. Oh, that's really soft now. I didn't know that. What's he going to do? Read a book. Get Go well. Go play video games. Drink some spiced Eat chai soup. tea. So many things. Yeah. Besides being the yeah, who's our our car wreck of the day? Is Josh Beard. There you go. I'm 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 with you on this one, yep. Blankers. There you go. Any object? Well, it doesn't matter what Joe says. Doesn't matter because we got two against doesn't one. Matter. Well, he's optimistic, so he's not going to. Well, it doesn't crap matter after we have two on this side. Yeah. Congratulations, Josh Beard. Car wreck of the day presented by CarWreckTexas.com. You're out sick. Skip and you're the Spider-Man still working. next time. Call seven one three nine 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 eight seven seven three if you're in a car wreck. 713-999-8773. Visit carwrecktexas.com. Hollingsworth Law Firm. First call that you ever make whenever you get into that car wreck. All right, it does it for us. Thanks to Joe George for doing all the hard work. He's blank. on Branham. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Houston. Game on with Jerome Solomon up next on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.